Gearheads Podcast. And lights out and away we go! Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode here is a 20 installment in Vingears at Podcast. Can you believe already 20 weeks doing this one? Today is recording on a different place. Yes, I always keep saying that everything is recording on different parts. But yeah, I'm recording it on the hospital. So today everything I'm doing is here on the hospital. So if you're going to hear some weird sounds, something, don't get confused because <laughs> unfortunately is where I need to, to be and I where I can recorder so today we have Suelio Almeida one probably one of the biggest coach I will be calling him uh, normally online the racing coaching guy I will as a Brazilian I will say that he is the Ronaldinho of team racing coach I think he already coached almost 2,000 participants on the motor racing checklist he's official for the Logitech so he's a lot of things that you can learn with him you know, he's starting his journey on the real racing with the help of Tony Canan. So he's a lot of things that you can learn with him. And I hope I will be on the level and make you the best interview. But before we jump on that interview, let me quick talking about what we're going to have on this week. So we have already announced that it's coming a new game about NASCAR. Yes, it's continue being simulation. NASCAR still not be 100% a part of iRacing and a couple of R factor to add a little bit, but more iRacing. NASCAR still not be present in a big scale. So it's coming in, uh, on the end of the year. Arcade Rush, so a game from Games Mill Entertainment. A little bit, you can see already for the name Arcade. So style of um, I say hot run um, re- if you guys remember Daytona too so it's green, give me a little bit of that type of vibes nothing much to that we can retain from the game you can see that we're going to have the, uh, new cars the new cars on NASCAR old cars on NASCAR so going to be to celebrate the 75 years of NASCAR but until there nothing new of course I was expecting F1 going to receive already some odd fixes you're going to receive another patch coming but the most funny thing that I have to say for me games is I make the better test I was selected to receive the game I received the codes but for a platform that I don't own <laughs> so imagine you receive the, the um, you I made a test in PS5 and I applied for receiving in PC I would prefer having everything on PC to have a better content, to record it straight away from the PC and everything much better. So everything was set up. After I make the second better test in the PC, everything beautiful. And after I receive the code in the Xbox. Yeah, <laughs> something weird, something strange, but um, let's hope they can figure out this. They already sent the emails. They already apologize. They try to do what the best, but of course, I'm still waiting. On the moment, I'm not able to play. And unfortunately, I cannot enjoy it. But for everything that had been seen in the game. A lot of people are praising the AI as the AI is getting better, more difficult. So I think they they breaking the expectations, but that is part of the F1 2022 being really, really bad game. So let's see what, because now everyone is very happy. Everyone, you know, is always over the moon, but let's that dust 
set and see what's going to bring. TV Broban is one of the persons that's been very, very happy talking about. So let's see what he's going to bring us. And I really hope that the game will shine because, you know, I'm not a big fan of games that can deliver every year, as you see on EA Games, but I still like it, the games to shine. For me, the big news of this uh, week have to be the free access to all the trucks and cars in the race room. So are uh, over 200 cars, over 50 around 50 trucks I, I presume so everything is re really nice you know that it's available from the 18th of June to the 25th of June so really really good I just have a quickly try I cannot try so much more you know important for here from where I'm located now I cannot try it unfortunately <laughs> yeah but I really enjoy it I was a little bit keen to try Macau try Macau try to some of the TCR cars I presume I drive the Megan and you uh, die N30, I think, liveries from 2019, I presume. Really enjoyed the Macau. I have the Macau on the MX-52, so we really enjoyed the circle. I was a little bit keen to know if it would be good or not. I always been one of my favorite circuits, but I really, really enjoy it. And if you have the chance to, uh, to play, if, you have, if you're on the game and you have to try to all the cars and all the circuits, be free. It's just this uh, week and that is because next week they're gonna run a 50% discount so in one way it's quite a good marketing uh, remember the game is losing a lot of people to iRacing losing a lot of people to ACC so a way of calling back people to race room the game is really nice I think in terms of graphics can be a little bit dated but in terms of driving touring cars is one of the best probably one of the most enjoyable so i really really like it so and once again i keep saying so if you want please give a try because the game deserve it and to finish a little bit part of the news let me only tell you that ims2 automobilista 2 we are speaking brazilian guest talk about a little bit of brazilian games is confirming le mans and rallycross so the rallycross will come on a dlc with a couple cars uh, uh so the, on the pictures you can see already uh, Polo, Rallycross, you can see the Mitsubishi Lancer X2 and after you can see a little bit of Rallycross cards so it's really really good that's gonna bring some of the dirty tracks that was already probably present on the Automobilista 1 let's remember that you have like Ascura, Foss and Tiki so we know that the game is using Project Car uh, 2 uh, madness engine so that would be easy probably to export some already of the trucks so I think makes sense uh, bring uh, some of that so please leave me your thoughts what you think what we presume that gonna be uh, great content and that is quite good because um, as you know next week we next week sorry next uh, month all the theme gonna be about rally so we have the CEO from the Dakar talking to us. We have one of probably the hottest uh, Instagram TikToker uh, rally uh, content creators that is Nicolas DGV from France. So we have a lot of content rally. I will talk about what I think is affecting the rally on the moment. That I think the WRC are losing a little bit of his audience, and that you can see on the games because. Rally is probably one of the best things to do in sim racing, 
you know, I think it's quite fun. I'm a big fan of rally in sim racing, but sometimes rally as rally in terms of a spectator for staying at home can be a little bit rushed. They have to be with gamer muscles, speak about that, they have to be with gamer angles sometimes. There's a lot of things that take that fun and that all the speed that we see on the rally cars. So I think it will be good speaking about how on the 90s rally was one of the best things. Till mid, mid, middle 2005 still was going good after I think went to a bad period. And on my opinion, I really think that... Uh, the latest Ken Block was probably one of the persons that bring again rally in terms of popularity and in terms of game you know when the 32 came 33 Ken Block was one of the persons that was helping the game to rise so I think it's good we talk about that and uh, what is killing the racing as sim racing uh, sorry the rally as a sim racing Before you started this value on my interview, let me only tell you that on Patreon, on the final of the week, as soon as I will be home, I will put you a link for the new BMW M3 Sport Evolution E30 for you download it. The download will be for free. Don't remember it's not mine, so I just put a link for you go there and download it. The car for Seto Corsa. I try it and it's really really good. Really enjoy it. Have one point or two points that is not perfect is based on the, on the game model.ru. You know the Russians, as you know. They use the interior, I think, is from um, Gran Turismo Sport. So it's a lot of things that are good details, and the car is quite enjoyable. So if you are a fan of street cars, and of course you are a fan of the BMW M3 Sport E30 Evolution. So go for it. it, will be on my Patreon, of course it will be available for everyone. So guys, before you jump into social media, remember you can always support the channel, join the Patreon, you know, is uh, two pounds. I think Patreon, it will update a lot of the prizes. I receive an email, so I don't know what's going on on that. So as soon as I will have any more uh, news, I will update you guys, but be aware that they are taking a little bit more of the tax of their percentage so I think they raise a little bit the percentage that they take from every uh, donation from Patreon so I presume that everything will be a little bit more so even not only on mine I think on everyone but I will keep you guys updated and of course if go up if feel free if you don't want to, to support anymore but if you keep supporting it will be very good and let's go jump on our interview with Suvali Almeida Welcome back to Vingir Z, guys. Today we have a special guest joining us, someone who possesses a deep passion for sim racing and has established himself as a boss, as a skill coach, as a professional driver. I'm thrilled to introduce you, our guest, Suelio Almeida. Thank you for having me, man. Suelio, uh, you have passing hours and hours uh, owning your skills in the virtual world of sim racing and helping aspiring uh, sim racers to elevate their world. How started coaching on uh, as you? How you started doing coaching? Yeah, so it's actually funny because um, I started coaching in a moment where I was about to stop doing sim racing. Okay. So 
I was planning to move to Montreal to do my master's degree in piano. And back then I had a G29. Uh, it was my hobby. And I was already pretty fast. I was always very dedicated, uh, competitive as well. I've been always competitive. And um, my my girlfriend's mom gave me the idea of starting to doing starting to do coaching because I needed to get the money to pay for my master's degree in okay. piano here in Canada. So she gave that she 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 gave this idea like out of the blue, you know, like just ah uh, yeah, I mean you're you're pretty good in this thing. Why don't you just start coaching for it? And I was like, well, yeah, that that might be a thing. So I started doing that. Uh, I went to iRacing's forum and I made a post saying, hey guys, I was approved for a master's degree, but I need the money to pay the tuition. So I started charging 20 USD, $20 an hour, which was pretty good back then uh, because I lived in Brazil and the currency exchange was pretty yeah, insane. I know about it. <laughs> um, and then as, yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as I've, I've done like the first session, I realized, wow, okay, um, one, I really like doing that. And two, I, I'm good at it. I can help people. I realized that with my knowledge, I was able to help a lot of people. Uh, and then the first guy went back to the forum, wrote a little review. Then second guy talked to me. And then I started in the second session. Then he went back to the forum, wrote a little review. And that started snowballing okay. to a point where it never stopped again. So that was in 2019, August of 2019. And since then, I have done around 2,000 sessions. 2,000. So it's just, I just realized, <laughs> yep, I just realized that um, I could develop even more. It was already a kickstart just because of my background in music and my relationship with technique and with the way I wanted to learn things and how obsessed with technique and efficiency and learning, you know, I just developed this communication skill where I'm able to help others go faster. Uh, so I've done that. And at some point, I just realized that I was going to switch my career in piano uh, to the career of coaching just because it was, uh, well, much better. It, it paid better. <laughs> and because I felt that I was, you know, just legitimately good at it. So that's how it started. Just a, a random advice from my my girlfriend's mom and there i am changed my life completely so thank you <laughs> yeah but sometimes it's that sometimes we just need a, a kick or to see a gift that we have that we never realize but in in terms of coaching do you think coaching is helping you even to progress as a driver when you go to pro as a professional okay. definitely definitely yes because it forces you to talk about stuff that you don't think okay. about when you're trying to help someone, uh, you're analyzing something that you do subconsciously. So you have to bring your own technique uh, back to the surface to be able to describe what you do and then convert that into something that the student is gonna understand. So yeah, the, the speed I downshift, well, I probably never really thought about that too much, but then I realized that people had this inconsistent downshifting and this and that. And then I realized that my downshifting was very consistent all the time. So I had to analyze my driving, convert it into uh, an understandable idea, then communicate that idea. Because of that, I was consistently having to go through my own driving to understand what I was doing. And just bringing all these things to the surfaces 
uh, allowed me to have a much more analytical approach to my own driving. And that's where I started going faster. But as a coach, I have to ask you, do you have to adapt yourself to the driver or you have, you are a little bit more rigid and you know, okay, this is the best way. This is the only way you need to adapt to my way. All works that. Because everyone is different. Always okay. adapting. Always adapting. Always adapting. Uh, the way I talk, the way I teach an uh, eight-year-old driver is going to be completely different okay. to the way I teach a driver who is 65 and has lots of life experience and lots of other backgrounds. So it depends on what you drove before. It depends on your age. It depends on your personality. It depends on your learning styles. Anything, um, everything has to be personalized, basically. So that's why on the beginning of a session, I ask, what is your background? What equipment do you have? How long have you driven? And then I start like creating uh, a profile for that student. And then after that, I see him driving. I see the inputs. I see that I kind of have the telemetry on my <laughs> mind, right? Just by seeing the little brake markers, the steering. Uh, and then I start take, uh, writing down all the patterns. And then I try to connect with what he described Uh, and he or she, because I have been coaching a lot of women too recently. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely very specific from student okay, to student. That's good, that's good. But that's it's good for you because let me only ask you, I think the background of the piano, of uh, learning how to play piano, adapting to the different uh, uh, compass, the different times that you need to, to play the music, the dif different, like I would say, BPMs, you think that help you as a driver too? Because we have, to, at LNPN, we need to learn how to be calm or to speed them in certain times and other times. So all that works. Definitely, yes. Um, in, indirectly, of mm -hmm. course. But you have to develop different skills, different reaction, precision regarding time, rhythm. Uh, everything sharpens your skills a little bit. I would say there are some like fundamental skills, reaction time, reflexes, visual skills. Um, just the way you feel your body, the way you feel differences, the way you feel uh, efficiency of your muscles, the way you tense up, all these things can be transferable. So yeah, definitely. Um, I've, I've always been a gamer. You know, I've played like Counter-Strike. I've played League of Legends and MMORPGs, games that required skills. Uh, and along with that, I was always playing piano as well. So I've always like being that person that had the brain okay. sharp. Just because I, I was super competitive, super obsessed by by being good at things, uh, so yeah, it affects everything. The way the way the way you you play video games in a competitive um, approach affects the way I played piano, which also affects the play uh, the, the way I played uh, same racing games and the way I drive in real life okay, currently. That's, that's amazing. And uh, let me only ask you: um, when you have a new uh, person that comes learning, you have to have a wide variety of trucks that you need you need to see him or or cars you straight away you let him jump in any type of car or you obligate them to go like for example to mx5 where it's a little bit more slow for you learn for you see the inputs or you just let him jump straight away in a gt3 how it works this one so if i was going now to you and i say i want to learn with you what would be the steps No steps, really? honestly. It's really, I just want to see you driving whatever car okay. combo you're comfortable with or you're planning to a race. So let's say you're planning for a race in two weeks. Um, then yes, I want to see you practicing. I want to see you learning the track. I want to see you doing your best lap time. 
um, and and just having a goal, a specific goal, will make the student very motivated to keep practicing that. Because I don't like going to a random track that the driver is going to forget after because they don't have a deadline mm -hmm. after. But if they have a race, they are motivated. Like they want to do well on that race specifically. So that's going to boost their discipline to really apply everything that we can work on. So it can be any combo, any car, any track. I just want to see you driving. Because the way you drive... I mean, if it has more than three, four corners, um, then you're, it's already possible to identify your driving styles and your patterns. So yeah, we, we do, I've, did, I've done sessions in short ovals. I've done sessions in Lime Rock Park and super short tracks and boom, like able to find, you know, that pattern, that little thing that you need to fix. And then that affects every other combo right. as well. But all your coach is just based on iRacing or you start to open a little bit to other type of games? No, that's a Corsa competition. So I, it's open since years ago, actually. I've done coaching in Formula One game, Acero Corsa, Acero Corsa competition, Gran Turismo, uh, Automobilista, Automobilista 2, R-Factor, real-life footage, everything. Everything that has four tires and goes fast and corners fast and you have to deal with like braking and cornering and downshifting and accelerating and dealing with crib and cars anything anything that that involves cars i can work okay. with and in terms of your favorite games which games are on the moment favorite i would think automobilista is a brazilian one <laughs> it's funny um <laughs> well i don't i don't actually have any okay. favorites i never had any favorites anything in life like i don't have a favorite color favorite game favorite this favorite that no i just like to understand that 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 platform that simulation has a specific behavior and i have to understand that and maximize that so uh yes some may be a little bit frustrating if i'm not doing if i'm not going fast but i always say like i love the tracks i'm fast at and i hate the fast that i hate the tracks i'm slow at so well i just don't like to pick a favorite uh using that measurement whether i'm going to perform well or not uh, i prefer to just try to understand that specific one and go as fast as possible in terms of physics and like re whether it's realistic or not i also don't have a favorite because cars in real life have very different behaviors different tire compounds different you know there's a car in real life that's going to behave like i race and there's another one that's going to behave like a Ciro corsa and so on so i just say like Understand the behavior of that simulator. Understand what, what makes you faster and then try to apply okay, it. That's, that's, and how it works with the setups. So in car setups, you let the students choose their own setup or you have a little bit more firm hand, all that works. Because a lot of people are a little bit... Uh, same thing. Yeah, always... I, I, I want to see them driving... Sorry. No, never, okay. never. I want to see them driving whatever they, they, they have been practicing, whatever they have been experiencing, right? No, like if they're driving a specific setup all week and then in the, in the race or in the, in the coaching session, I ask them to drive a different setup. I'm putting them in a way too uncomfortable zone uh, and it might not be realistic. It might, not, it might not be like representative of what they have been doing. So I want, I want them to be incredibly comfortable in doing whatever they're used to, even if the setup is wrong, because then we can, during the session, identify, hey, like the setup is behaving a little bit weird. Let's try this change or that change. So yeah, it's even for the setups, it's completely open and we can definitely work on setup as well. 
Um, I actually have um, the plan of creating uh, an online course that's only going to be about setups. Okay, that's good. So I have the moderation checklist right now that is about car handling, and I'm planning to do a second one. It's actually on the works already. I hired real-life drivers to help me developing the racecraft course. It's going to be the second one. And the third one is going to be about car setup only. Uh, and yeah, definitely we're going to talk about stuff that you don't, fight, you don't find on the internet. Because on the internet, you can find like the, the super, surface of the setup fundamentals but like the very specific changes uh are very very secret um and i want to kind of like create a course where i i, I expose those things to, no, to that's people. important because i think one of the major flaws i see on my on my side sometimes is the wrong setup sometimes you i i know i'm doing everyone think they know auto auto drive but after it's not so linear you know as you as you understand that so sometimes I think I'm really, really fast, I'm doing well, but for example, I'm doing well in Gran Turismo, but when I move from Gran Turismo, for example, the 7 or the Sport, when I move it to a certain Corsa, sometimes it's completely different the way of the way of driving and the adaptive, when I need to adapt myself is where I fall completely. But how you work with that adapt? Because for example, Gran Turismo, and I saw that you have been doing Gran Turismo, how was to adapt to a game? that is completely different from all all of the all of the other ones um so yeah that that is my obsession is real is trying to figure out how to adapt as fast as possible to to a different sim to a different car and i i have actually well i'm writing a book and there's a chapter there that i call driving the car versus driving the line so basically Driving the line is trying to figure out the optimal line for the track, but you can do that optimal line while being super slow. You can do the, the, the best line possible. If you're one kilometer per hour, it's not gonna go fast. Driving the car is a different approach where you're trying to feel that you are on the limit of grip of that car, regardless of the line what you're doing. So what I try to do is blend these two approaches. I'm driving the line, but I'm also driving the car. I'm driving the optimal line or but but at the same time, I am trying to extract as much rotation as possible from from the car, as much braking as possible, and I, I want to understand how the car behaves. Uh, and in the moment, I'm trying to feel the car and and how what what it's capable of. I I, I try to not be too um, obsessed about the line. Sometimes you're carrying a little bit. Like let's say you're get, you get into a corner and you're like five kilometers slower than the than the optimal speed, but you don't know the what is the optimal speed yet, right? So you're testing that the corner is 100 kilometers per hour, but you're doing it at 95. So what I do is I try to rotate it as much as possible, and then I realize that the car is capable of turning more than necessary. So that is my driving the car approach. I realize that at that speed the car is able to turn more, and that immediately tells me, hey, I can carry a little bit more speed on this corner on the next lap so i'm consistently trying to find a place the right speed where i am driving the car and driving the line and this is the method i use to find speed as fast as possible in a new track in a new combo in a new game anything okay, and how it works with the setups of the wheels i'm quite intrigued because everyone i would say everyone think oh i have the best setup i have the best uh, force feedback for the wheel but how it works that how you can because a lot of times we have the wrong setup and we don't realize. Well, that's the thing. Uh, there's no easy answer to this one because you have to test. You have to ask for someone who is more experienced 
Uh, you have to try different settings and ideally have the, the, the strongest steering possible and the, 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 the hardest braking possible to just, just so you get uh, more feel. And also make sure that the settings are linear so there's no distortion going, there no, there's no brake curve going. Uh, but again, like it really changes from game to game, even from car to car in real life, you can have a car that has like power steering that might not be ideal. Uh, sometimes you don't have any choice. It's if it's a stock car, um, that is converted into uh, a race car and you have that like brake boosters and power steering, you really don't feel a lot. It would be ideal to not have these so you can feel more different and so on. So regardless of what you're doing, if it's real life or a sim racing, uh, you have to test, you have to ask, you have to be around faster drivers and you have to kind of mimic what they're doing, what settings they have. And then from there, you start building your knowledge of what works for you uh, and what doesn't. As, but as sim racing is a, is a virtual world, as you can call it now, uh, it still evokes a little bit of a sensation of uh, tension and pressure, especially when you are doing endurance races. How you address that to your students? How you learn teach them how to learn, how to manage the tension of your body, how to stay focused on, uh, under these uh, situations? Well, um, for that, I think there's a main thing that is also going to be in my book and is in my course as well, uh, which is a technique that I call light hands technique. Uh, I mean, other coaches will say, well, you have to relax your hands, you have to drive the, with the pinkies, you have to like feel the, 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 the steering. But I go kind of deep into that in a way that there's a place to have light hands under heavy braking and under turning. You want to feel the force back because you, you're you not only turning with the steering, you're also turning with the trail braking and you're also turning with the engine braking. So you have three tools trying to make the car rotate and that might be too much for the car. So if you have a death grip and you really like grip the wheel too hard into the corner, you might spin on entry because of that. So that is the most important place to have relaxed hands so you can feel more precisely what you're doing with the car. And then that brings up also like what you're doing with the engine braking, what you're doing with the braking and the car setup. So everything kind of like gets uh, connected and combined when you're trying to be more relaxed. But if you're not relaxed, then you can't even feel these things. So that's the thing. Turn in, super important. Mid-corner, not that much. Mid-corner, we can actually kind of like force the car a little bit more. But then exit, again, you want to relax your hands, uh, especially on the late exit, um, because that's when you get, you're get you getting like most of the power. And if you have like, if you try to force the car at the same time you're flat out, you can spin. And in real life, that's very dangerous. So like, these are the things. So pretty much what I have kind of like a, an arc where the early turn in and the late exits are the places where you should be relaxed, but mid corner and early exit are the places where you, you can be a little bit more assertive with the steering wheel. Um, in a way, relaxing your muscles overall, not only the ones you're using, but also the ones you're not using. It's very common uh, for people to be overly tense. Um, when you when you are relaxed, you spend less energy. Your brain is free to connect, communicate with the car more. So it's very, very, very important. If you, if you need to drive for an hour in real life and you're tense, you're going to be dead at the end. So it's just a matter of like, using your energy smart yeah you know yeah because a lot of times you even when you go and uh, to, with some friends you see that a lot of times they put the shoulder down you know when they put the arms lock the shoulders and 
I always, if I do like this after two, three minutes turning, you you feel all the pain on your back, all the pain on the upper shoulders. And I think that's after take you uh, movements for when you go further on the race, because after you are in pain, you you don't turn in so smooth. So I think that is one of the points that you made a video, a very short video where you talk about that and all that help you a lot. But in terms of um, th that learning about your body, you think that comes from the piano too? Going back to the piano, I think the piano probably help you to learn how to control that tension. Definitely. Yes, absolutely. I was a very tense pianist, actually. I am still probably because I have brought like some many bad habits from my childhood where I, where I was really like learning without a teacher and trying to rush and, and, and play pieces that were too difficult. And that definitely caused even more tension. I am aware of it now, although some of these bad habits are very, very um, in, pretty much built in my body already. So I'm always trying to limit them. But yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's all about being energy efficient in the piano because you're playing so many thousands of notes uh, in half an hour. Um, and if you if you can't keep up, you're gonna just like lose focus and start making mistakes. And like I've 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 played in competitions, international piano competitions, and to be able to endure all that and to be able to to express. I mean, piano is an art, so it's not about like only the notes, but about the message that you wanna uh, communicate. And that is that needs to be free. So as soon as you get like muscular tension, you're like, oh, you're not talking anymore. You know, here I'm, I'm relaxed. I'm talking to you. I'm saying words. The words are the notes in piano, right? If I'm like this, I'm trying to talk to you. I, I, I'm not able to convey a message at all. So that's the same thing for anything. If you want, like, did, what, what is the end goal? The end goal is to um, communicate and communicate. Uh, you know, make people emotional with the music. Yeah, sure. Okay, then you have to convey that through the playing and the and being tense will block that. What is your goal? Oh, my goal is going fast and, and, and maintaining that pace. So what you need to do is find only enough that is necessary for you to go fast uh, and not spend any extra energy that is unnecessary after that. If you do spend extra energy, you're probably... Uh, in a disadvantage or you're spending your you're, you're you're struggling a lot more to have those same lap times if you compare to a driver that is doing just enough in person yeah, you you talk something very funny because you remember me uh, a teacher that I, when i was learning piano too in school that sometimes of course on the end of the year or the end of the month you have always some plays on beginning and i remember we were doing something and sometimes well, if i was doing one he came to me oh today you play like a robocop you just come you just go Pump, 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 and that's it. Well, uh, they the way that you touch yeah. the things <laughs> make you feel, you know, the way that when you touch uh, a key and everything make you know if you are enjoying playing, if you are not enjoying playing. And, and I think it's the same on, on cars. I think sometimes people go th so tense when you are driving with other, with other ones that, I don't know, people get... And you see now on sim racing, people get very competitive, but on the wrong way. You are not seeing this one. You don't see that people get so frustrating so fast. You know, if someone passes me, I will wait for the next corner because they will make a mistake and I will be able probably to pass. I will study him. I will see where I can pass him. No rushing. And sometimes you see that people rushing too much and make the, all the racing going a chaos. But before we move to talking about, a little bit about your professional life, what is the most common challenge and the biggest roadblock you've been facing as a sim racing coach? 
Um, well, I think uh, the main thing for me is that as soon as I moved on to professional coaching, I did not have the time to practice as a competitor anymore. So it was a struggle this year to realize that I was not going to be able to to compete in the top 0.1% or to compete in world championships or to compete in PESC. You know, I just had to accept that, okay, if I'm, if I'm becoming a coach, if I'm becoming a, a content creator, I am going to have to abandon competitive racing. Uh, that, is the, that is the main thing. Like, I just could not find the time. I'm the same here. Beautiful. Amazing. I have not touched it in seven days because I'm working on my book, because I'm working on my next course, because I'm editing videos. Um, and that is the thing. You have to de decide what you're going to do with your time. And my decision was to uh, just focus on what I have as a biggest strength, which is coaching. So I'm a much better coach than competitor. And I just accepted that in 2023. 2023 was tough. 2022 was tough. I was like, uh, I don't, I want to practice. I want to do this and that. And, but you can't, like, if, if you're choosing something specific, uh, you're just not, and you want to be the best at it. Uh, the other things you won't have time for that. And which was the best student that you have been? Cause I know a couple of them been already doing well. One of them on PESC, I think in oh, Silver, I think it was on Austria that he had the first win for the Porsche, uh, in I racing cup. But with other drivers, are you coaching the moment? Um, I mean, it, it, the level spans a lot. Uh, I have coached some at least two or three drivers who are currently, or not not currently, but who who participated in iRacing's World Championship, which is the Porsche Esports Super Cup. Um, and I have coached drivers who are going to qualify this year, who are going to try, who started with me when they were 1,000 iRating, now they are 7,000 iRating. I have some students who who went from 3K to 7K, and now they're like... Um, the, one of my students got a P6 at the Sebring 12 hours uh, on the top split. And he was, it was insane, the performance. They were ahead of Williams Esports. They were ahead of like some amazing teams who are focused 100% on that and like 9,000, 10,000 I rating. So I do have some students who, who, who really dedicate their lives after and they, they realize they found they're very good uh, and they, they follow the right, they're super disciplined. So yeah, definitely. I have, uh, I would say at least five or six uh, students that are dominating currently. That's good. And um, I want to ask you, uh, always been coaching, helping you as a professional? Because you've been started doing some professional races. Um, I would say very similar to the way it helped me understand my driving in a way that allows me to be complete. You know, I, I don't want to be only fast. Like I said, I don't have the time to compete and find the best 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 time in uh in order to 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 compete in like world championships because i would need to practice for 20 30 hours a week but i'm able to drive anything uh and and find the speed acceptable speed very fast so i can i i can get in 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 a formula car or in a real or in a sports car or in a in gt4 gt3 car in real life and quickly understand that and be able to describe the behavior of the car, be able to teach other drivers, be able to teach drivers who are faster than me 
um, because of how this coaching just brought everything, um, all the techniques that I that I I mean I literally created concepts for technique. I created the maximum rotation point. I developed concepts like active counter steer, passive counter steer, um, and biting the apex. I have some expressions um, that definitely that might seem even like pretty simple, but high level drivers might forget about might just miss out on that little detail that might help finding them two tenths per lap and two tenths per lap at that level might be just the difference between p1 and p15 so for sure um i think the the same way it helped me go faster and become a more complete driver in sim racing it also helped me being able to to do well in real life in any combo And you, how you see this uh, new upcoming of uh, the new generation? Because young people, as you know, when they come, they are faster than us on any type of game. You see you know, their evolution always. So you think it's a big evolution on the new generation in terms of sim racing? And if they're going to progress that evolution too, in terms of motorsport too? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. The newer generation of drivers will have sim racing as a as a as 99% of the track time. Think about that. You're 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 able to spend 30 hours practicing in a week uh in the sim and and those skills you're going to polish skills that would be much more difficult to polish in real life just because it's expensive to spend such time uh, and I can see already many car champions being also super fast in the sim. Max Verstappen is the first famous example of a driver who is good in both. Uh, and we're starting to see more and more and more and more and more um, drivers who dominate both ends and realize that they are they complement each other. So I would say from for the next generation, let's say the next 20 years, all racing drivers who are successful will have sim racing. Uh, as a training tool think, for them. I think so. I think the same. I think, I think Lewis Hamilton was one of the person that's more vocal about not using uh, sim racing. As he said, that he need to adapt himself to use eyes instead of using the feeling on a car. But I think it's an evolution so so huge, even on the last two years on terms of sim racing hardware. You know, you have so much good wheels coming. Uh, so everything is changing. Because I start with a Logitech G920, probably you start with the same. No? Yeah, I started with a G. Ah, no, I started with a driving four CT, and then I moved on to a G twenty seven, and then a G twenty. So it's always an ev an evolution, and so, uh, yeah, <laughs> and we don't realize because I think probably we don't realize, but it's a big difference, and straight uh, away you can be faster just with that. But let me only ask you: Are we going to be your professional life in terms of uh, racing? Are you looking to make that as a job, or just more casual when you can? You talk about real, real racing, racing? Yes. or real you talk racing. about, well, um, I don't have any okay. plans. I don't have any plans. I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm, my focus right now is to grow a bigger community is to establish myself as a coach, both in real life and in the same racing. I have a goal to, you know, I want to dominate YouTube. <laughs> I love YouTube. And I love like the competitiveness of like all the content creator. It's kind of a game as well. Like you're you're competing against other content creations. It's it's it's, it's, cha it's more challenging than than, <laughs> yeah. uh, than anyone think. I think when people say think oh you make YouTube oh you just make a video. It's nope, not just it's make not. a video. Is <laughs> you need to come with ideas. You need to learn 
different crafts. You need your video cannot be just put a video, put a voice. You need to craft. Yeah, the video. you need to do a lot of things. And also, it's in, I think what I love about what I'm doing currently in my life is the fact that I'm always talking to people, always connecting with people, always traveling with people. You know, um, having a positive impact and sharing the passion in a way that everyone right there, like in the, on the racetrack, is having a good time. I think I don't want to be the best, you know, like the best driver and 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 have everyone like with a target on my back. I wanna I wanna share. I wanna have fun. I wanna make people go faster and say, hey, man, I'm actually going faster. I'm, I'm much happier now and everything. And I think this, 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 this fulfills a lot more my, my purpose than just going fast. Although okay. going fast is good. Winning, getting a podium is good, of course. But I really like the, the impact. I think I like uh, having an impact on, on more people. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing currently. You know, I'm working with Logitech. I'm working with... Apex with you are with Formula Inter, all these guys in real life who spend months and months working on real cars, uh, and then like racing. And I, I like, I like, I like being someone who represents the community, and I want to represent the sim racing community, and I want to show how uh, sim racers can compete in real life. I think there's kind of like a little. Um, resistance from the old generation uh, regarding sim racers getting into real cars without having car experience and so on. So there are many little goals, um, but I don't have a specific professional goal currently. I have a, I mean, I want to race a 24 hours of notch life, a 24 hour Le Mans for sure. I want to race endurance. Endurance racing okay. is, is is really really interesting for me. It's, it's going it's going there. No, I think it's it's growing. During racing, I think on the last year has been growing, and now you see more brands. Hyundai just announced that probably will leave WRC to go to endurance. So I think endurance going to be another golden era probably in the next exactly. five years. And if you have to race, I, I, I will leave this question for a, a, a fire question because I'm going to give you some fire questions that you will just answer the fastest you can. But before we finish that, when you say you want to give to the community, I have a challenge to you. So here on UK, we have a Formula One engineer that's been worked with Red Bull, been worked with uh, Williams, Alpine, Mercedes, even was one of the persons that developed the uh, the windscreen shields that you see on the Dallaras, so on IndyCar, and he have one different type of sim rig. So you have a hood-based sim rig. I don't know if you know it about it. It's a RSR21. It's designed and with the same dimensions that you see on the Formula 1, but you can have the, the, the seat adapter GT or Formula 1, so you depend yourself. I will leave you the contact of him because I think it will be something that you would like to have it. He's, a, he's, doing, he's sending now some stuff for um, Canada too. Everything is on making on plywood. It's super compact, really changed your life. It's completely different, and I think probably it would be nice for you having a, a C and and see how different it is. Because believe me, I'm an amateur. I jumped there and was a completely different <laughs> world, believe me. But to finish this one, I will give you a couple of fire questions. Nothing tricky, only that I think the last <laughs> last two questions are gonna be a little bit more, more tricky. But let's go. Favorite car in the real world? Porsche. Porsche 911. 
Raptors, no Porsche. way. Yeah, and that, on, that's lovely. And then on the virtual Porsche. <laughs> Will be the same on the. Well, virtual yeah, world. I never, I never, yeah. I, I drove a GT4, <laughs> a Porsche K1 GT4. It was pretty understeery. Um, I think with a good setup, it would be amazing to drive for sure. I still, I still want to try a Porsche GT3 R car. That would be amazing. The, the 991 or the any 911 the most, uh, version, version I'm a fan of Porsches <laughs> uh, favorite virtual truck Norge Lifa no doubt okay. uh, hardware favorite hardware uh, yeah. probably gonna be Logitech I don't I don't well I, I really love the Logitech but like again like I don't I don't have any anything specific to 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 just to... I don't have a favorite. I just want to understand how to. It's I just. Hard, no? I just want to understand how to maximize whatever I have. I have. I. I love Logitech. That I pretty much used Logitech when I started, uh, and then it was all my life. Like Logitech Driving Force, then Logitech G29, then G, no, G27, then G29, and now G Pro. So I have uh, uh, definitely an emotional connection with them. So I do. Oh my god! When they when they launched the direct drive and a hundred kilo load cell, I was like, "This is it! This is perfect! This is perfect! I'm having it!" And since then, that's it. that is the equipment that I have. I complete. I love it a hundred percent. I think uh, I'm kind of biased because I always used Logitech all my life, and it's it's emotional for me to be able to to work for them and and for to have them, you know, partnered with me. So yeah, I, I have to go with it. It's it's really like. Uh, they, they they represent most of my story. Yeah, they, I I compare Logitech. Uh, the I never tried a new direct drive. I want to try, uh, but I compare the old ones as a tank. They are so they are so firm. You know, yeah. you can do whatever you want. Super reliable. They they're gonna stay the same. You know, remember me? Yeah, remember me? The Nokia thirty three ten. I don't know if you remember like the old Nokia that was a brick that would resist to everything. That you could do anything. Yeah. No problem. I, I see Logitech there. But the only thing that disappoints me is they release this direct drive. They release any different type of wheel. I was expect already when they release this, when they have one or two different wheels, not only mm-hmm. one. You know, I was expecting them. Yeah, to it's go a more fast. It's a matter of time. So it's not any shade to Logitech. But, but that's the thing. I think they're taking their time yeah, because they want to. They want to release it in the best way possible. So they're they're taking their time to make sure okay. that when they release, it's gonna. It's gonna be an explosion. So yeah. Okay, perfect. Let's get <laughs> a little bit more spicy. If you have to do a career as a professional driver, would be America or South America or Europe? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. I never thought about it. I so far I have I have experience. I have experience in Canada. I just raced my first time in the U.S. at Homestead. I really love Sebring, I love uh, Daytona um, Road Atlanta but I would love to race at Notch Life or at Spa, it's different styles but I cannot answer that, like I think as a coach what I really want to do is experience both I want to experience European tracks, I want to experience um, and Brazil as well. I don't have a lot of experience. I never, I, 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 I don't know too many tracks in Brazil, honestly. Because when I really started like going pro and racing in real life, I was already living in Canada. 
so I, I never raced in Brazil, uh, except for a kart track. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have, I don't know. Uh, I, I cannot answer that honestly. I, I like it's it, it 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 goes back to that same like there's no favorite thing. I just want to go do my best wherever I am. Yep. Exactly. You want to try yep. all them. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like me. If I if people ask me, for example, if I want to see a Formula One on Monaco, or if I want to see IndyCar on uh, Long Beach, I will probably say Long Long Beach because I think the race is a, a lot more, more competitive in Monaco. Yeah. But I will uh, I will divide myself, you know, a bit because Monaco is always a Monaco. You want to go there to see just if it, the race is not so good. But after you, I want to see IndyCar, and IndyCar, in my opinion, is going now so well you have such yeah. competitive racing, racing there is insane the car comparing with formula one exactly you have uh, i think on total now in formula one you are around 253 and the overtakes on this uh, all these circuits and they do that when sometimes in one uh, grand prix in indycar so <laughs> it's completely crazy the way that the car is working but let me ask you if you could choose between r racing sim racing or piano what would be that's one of the difficult questions as well. I like, I, I like, I love all three. The <laughs> that's thing, so that's the thing. Questions. When I was, when I was doing piano, racing was my way to relax, to 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 disconnect. Okay, it's, it was my hobby, because whenever something becomes your work, it kind of like it's very easy to burn out on that. Um, so I always had all. Th I mean, I always had both, right? Like sim racing as a as a hobby, and then piano as a work. Now that it's changed. I have sim racing as a work and piano as a hobby, and I still I still play the piano to 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 relax to rest a little bit from the hard work of sim racing because right now I sim racing is my life. It's, I, I spend 10, 12 hours per day working on that, and I have to control myself not to talk too much about that to my girlfriend, for example, because she gets tired of it. I don't stop <laughs> talking about racing, I so I, <laughs> I I could not choose one because as soon as I get one it's gonna be tiring yet at some point and I, I need to come back to something else to disconnect to relax and you know to 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 recover and then come back so I keep alternating between between all three I would say but that, is, that is music no music is a music is a gym it's like going to the gym sometimes take us if you listen to the right music yeah, exactly. the right moment take us some pressure take us our, our mind away mm -hmm. yeah. And who is with the better uh, pianist? You? Uh, I mean, she's ha she has a doctorate. She has a it doctorate right now. Uh, I, I, I okay. stopped at master's degree. So she kept developing. She is, she is she's incredible. She has an amazing way to practice. She's super efficient. She's super relaxed. So she's actually uh, writing a course right now about uh, practicing, about how to find, how to extract the best out of your time. While, while practicing so yeah if, if um, yeah definitely right now she is she is playing much better <laughs> and to finish will we ever see uh, Sueli Almeida uh, esports team are you thinking that one day you're gonna have your uh, racing team on the sim racing that has yeah. been in the list of things that I want to do I okay. currently am hiring more coaches to the Sueli Almeida racing school uh, I am working on that. Just based, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Just based on Canada. No, one of my one of one of the coaches that I'm that I'm preparing to 
the certificate is actually one of my students, the one who got the P6 in Sebring because he is okay. incredibly dedicated. Uh, and for sure, he, he I mean, I, I kind of built his technique from scratch because when he started, he was still like 3000 rating and now he's like almost seven. So I, I he knows exactly the methods that I used uh, and he can communicate. He can he can really um, um, translate that and coach others himself. So for sure, I want to hire him as a coach. I want to build a strong team of coaches that use my methods. Um, and after that, when we have a bigger team, so far we have like five people working on the on Suede One Meta team. Um, involves like video editing oh, uh, and already. people who take care of Discord, pe people who take care of marketing for the course. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hiring more and more. The team is growing a lot this year. And for sure... Um, we we have we have been thinking about creating a, a, an esports team. That's perfect. But for my part, is everything I've been already taking too much of no, your man. time. No man, good. I know you've been busy lately. <laughs> but thank you so much for being with me. I think it's a pleasure. I think is you was on my checklist to ever talk with you. He's another Brazilian uh, driver, Brazilian person involved with the sim racing that I would like to talk. And is Tony Canana. I think Tony My is boss. a great person. <laughs> and I will. Is, is yeah, I drive for him in the in the Texaco <laughs> esports <laughs> team. Oh, I, I didn't. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh. <laughs> so look, I'm I'm a big Me fan too. of him. I I think he he's he's such a great talent. Uh, I think he was missing him on Formula One. I know in IndyCar he made it very well. But I think if he had come to Formula One, he would be fast. And he's probably one of my favorite drivers ever. Uh, comparing, it's probably the same would be Barrichello, but in different ways. But I think Tony always, he never give up. And I think he's probably one of my, my favorite drivers ever. But once again, Swelly, thank you so much for being with thank us. Thank you so much for pleasure. having me, man. It was super fun. First, thanks so much to Swelio. I think Swelio is such a great person. We, when I was speaking with him, he was even thinking that the interview will be in uh, Portuguese because we always speak in Portuguese on Instagram. But you no, know, the interview was in English. I hope that I've been on the level that was expected from him. Once again, I really apologize today for all the sounds surrounding. I think I will be able to remove almost all of them, but you're still going to have some sounds surrounding. So I really hope that everything goes to hell. Uh, the podcast, as you guys probably see, will be a little bit delayed. Not going to eat at uh, normally eat at one o'clock on afternoon. Probably will be a little bit delay because I am already on some type of uh, treatment. Is um, some puncture lumbars, lumbar puncture, something like this. That will be put me completely down. So everything is set up, but you know sometimes computer things can can change. So if you don't see the episode on Wednesday or on Thursday, you know that is due to something. And I have promised that I will put a video with my interviews with Mark, but unfortunately I didn't be able to do it due to the difficulties. So the video will be this weekend. I'm 100% sure that I will be able to put this weekend and the Swellio Meta will be one week after just to give him time. But speaking on that, I have to, I forgot to say thank you so much to everyone. The video on um, from last interview with Ren Sport on YouTube was the first time I done it. Reached almost 6k 
what for me is very good. Remember, I have 200 subscribers, 220, something like this. My content is not the greatest. I'm, I know that I am the first one to say, say that, but we keep doing it. I keep trying to do it as soon as I can and when I can. Unfortunately, I want to do much more. I want to keep releasing content, but unfortunately, I'm not able to do it. So, guys, once again, thank you so much for staying with us. Thanks so much to Swelly to give me this amazing interview. And I really hope see you guys on the next episode. See you.